0: Welcome to Rainmakers. Now, to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Rainmakers. I'm Carl Grant. And let me tell you a little bit about what Rainmakers is if this is the first podcast you're listening to of our series. This is a podcast about business development. When I started out in business development, nobody was there to teach me how to do what I do today. And so, I wanna give back and teach others how this is done, but not just for me, I wanna talk to the best of the best. And today I have Mo, Mo Bunnell, I knew I was going to not spit that out right, Bo, Mo, uh, but Mo was referred to me by Tyler Sweat, another guest of mine who said that he received Mo's training and he said that it was some of the best in the world. Now, Mo is CEO of Bunnell Idea Group. He is the author of The Snowball System and he's the host of his own podcast called Real Relationships, Real Revenue. Welcome, Mo.
1: Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about
0: the chat today. Absolutely. I was reading through your bio and listening to some of your book and, and your podcast, and you didn't start out as a business development guru. You started out as an actuarial analyst. How in the world did you go from doing that to figuring out that this was your calling in life?
1: Well, I'm, I'm laughing. I don't know that I've shared this with many people, but I can remember being a, a junior or senior in college. The school I went to actually had an actuarial science program, so I was getting a major to be an actuary, a major in actuarial science. And most of the guys in my fraternity were going on to be salespeople. And one of those guys was walking, I was walking down the road and he said, Hey Mo, I, you're, you, you've been voted best rusher, you know, for three years in a row or something like that. Basically like sales in the fraternity world, if you will, in college. And were you, said, the rush, hey, you the rush chairman? Wait, go ahead.
0: Were you the rush chairman?
1: No, but I was, I was the guy that people would put me in a corner with somebody that was a high potential. So they voted best rusher. Right. And I got it, uh, I think three years in a row or something like that. Well, that's great. I was rush
0: chairman for, for two years and oh, we, were in the, we were both in Delta, Delta in, in uh, college. So we should bring that out.
1: I love it, man. And when we saw that, I was just grinning ear to ear because I went to your school as a chapter leadership consultant for the fraternity. So. Right.
0: So, you did that after being an actuarial. And, and so, but at what point, at what juncture in your life did you realize, I'm really good at this. I'm going to teach others. Ah,
1: uh, well, I was rising up through the ranks at a HR consulting firm and I really fell in love with um, not just doing business development, because after I had a system, after I'd sort of cobbled to science and steps together a little bit, nothing like we have now, but it was working at the time, 20 years ago. And I fell in love with not just the BD part, but the teaching of others. And Carl, that's when I really realized this is the thing I want to do the
0: rest of my life. Now talk a little bit about the snowball system. You've developed a methodology for doing this and high level. What is that? Yeah, so what we
1: wanted is, we wanted to have a comprehensive system for business development. Literally, I wanted somebody to be able to to grab that book, go through our training or grab the Snowball system and say, this has every single thing I need to be successful. So it's over 92,000 words, about double the size of a normal business book. Um, And it's got uh, 30 or 40 different of the most important scientific citations. So what we try to do in Snowball system is give somebody a comprehensive system that's based on science, and that this is the most important part that is authentic. It's all about helping other people. It's about always doing the right things for your clients and prospects, just done in a proactive way that happens to grow your relationships in your book of business.
0: And you have a bunch of worksheets. I haven't pulled those down yet, but it it seems really comprehensive. Talk talk a little bit about the worksheets and, and the need for those types of things
1: yeah so what we find with business development is it 's complicated enough you just can 't use metaphors all the time and say it's like this or just treat the client right or go to dinners you know <laughs> you need to you need to think through it in detail a little bit more. so what we try to do with over twenty worksheets that accompany the book is if somebody gets the snowball system and let's say they're giving a speech, but they want to they 're not doing it for fun they want to do it in a way that generates new potential clients. Well, there's various steps to that. If somebody asks for a referral, there's four steps to that. Um, if somebody's offering their content on their dime to try to, to try to woo a client, help them, but also create interest or create demand for their services, there's steps for that. So what all the worksheets do is they take every piece of the business development system and break it down into steps, just like any normal project would be broken down into steps.
0: And some of those initial steps that I caught this morning, listening to some of the chapters, were rituals and rewards. Talk to us about those.
1: Well, it's super important, Carl. I know you believe in this too. the The thing about behavioral science and habits that's interesting is we tend to do things that we get immediate gratification for, and I think the reason business development is so hard for people is, man, you can work for years trying to stay in touch, stay top of mind, add value, be helpful to a prospect, and you don't hear anything back or they haven't been able to hire you yet or whatever, but you've got to stick with it. So what we do is, and this this is actually uh, throughout and especially near the end of Snowball System, where we teach the very specific ways to sort of hack your own habits so you can pull back. Focus on the things you can control and reward yourself for those. And if you continue to do the right things week over week, we have various ways to, to sort of hack your own habits. But if you keep doing those things week over week, you will end up bringing in work. But you've got to do that because if you're waiting for the universe to tell you you did a good thing, you're just not going to get it in, this, in the world of business development.
0: And, and what are your top few habits?
1: Uh, gosh, probably the biggest one that our clients ab- absolutely love is what we call an MIT process. Uh, MIT we, is a little code word we, we use that means most important things. And the simplest way to do it is to pick 15 minutes once a week. I'm a four o'clock on Friday, Eastern time kind of guy, but it, other people choose Saturday morning, Sunday night, m- you know, Monday afternoon, whatever. But you pick 15 minutes once a week. And you pick three things that you want to accomplish next week that are specifically around uh, bringing it—you know—that uh, they're that going to make a big difference. That are in your control and they're growth-oriented. BIG—they're going to make a big impact. They're in your control and they're growth-oriented. So you pick three things once a week, and then you measure if you do those three proactive, helpful things every week. You do three a week. It's about 150 a year, 1,500 over a decade. And that adds up and builds momentum over time.
0: Now the snowball system, I, when I, when I saw that title, I was thinking of my life as head of business development for a law firm. So I've been out doing habits, I guess. I, I, I didn't think of them in these terms, but doing these things that you, you talk about in your book over, you know, 20 plus years. And what's happened is my network is, is really snowballed. I mean, I, I, it, it, if i could just get through my emails in a day there's there's gold in my in my emails right and so yeah. it's like it snowballed over the years and and now it's almost out of control
1: yeah and that's because you've you've built that momentum um there's a bunch of research on psychological momentum dr sippo is probably the most my favorite he studies sports psychology and we can apply his learnings to uh, business development. There's a lot of similarities. In the super quick version that you're now reaping the benefits of, Carl, is that if what a lot of people do is they'll set really big lofty goals, like I'm gonna go run a marathon and they go out the first weekend and try to run 10 miles. Well, they end up really sore and they quit. <laughs> but what Dr. Issa Ahola finds is that actually setting your initial goals very small, but doing them consistently over time. And then as you build that skill, you're able to handle more of a load to your point now where the, the leads in the business comes in and just drops in your lap because you've had the right habits for so long, you've been focused on helping others, you've been proactive. So that's sort of the, the end game for folks, but how they get started, is just doing three simple things a week, but never missing a week.
0: Now, when you were starting out and setting goals, give us an idea of some of the types of goals you had set for yourself. What did those look like?
1: You know, I can remember one specific time I, I flew to Denver to, to meet a um, client and I flew back. We had a, uh, we had meetings all day, you know, breakfast and throughout the organization, things like that. It was a CHRO of a big uh, organization that we called on. This is back when I worked at the big HR consulting firm. And my goal was to come back from that meeting with so many things to do that it would fill up my entire flight back from Denver to Atlanta. Huh. And I accomplished that. I was typing the entire time, a <laughs> big long email that was about introducing our head of talent to her, to his he was willing to do something on his dime in a way that would be helpful for her, and, and to do a this, to set up an HR strategy project that we were gonna do our dime on our dime to, to help her move forward. Almost everything in that email was on our dime, but it pulled in almost every single practice area we had at the firm, which is a billion dollar uh, consulting firm at the time. So it was literally dozens of introductions I was making to help her accomplish her goal and introduce her to some of our, the best talent that we had all over the world. And I can remember sending that off and somebody replying that was on the, you know, one of the people involved and said, this is exactly what folks should be doing in this role. I was a hundred percent focused on helping her and I wanted to do it so much I'd be busy for an entire three hours typing it all up. And I and that turned into just millions and millions of dollars of um, consulting work. But it wasn't focused on selling, it was focused on helping. Okay. Carl, is that where you were that's going?
0: Absolutely. What I <laughs> that's my whole focus to doing this is it's, I, I never sell. I'm always I'm always helping sometimes I have to remind people what I do sell <laughs> so, so that they don't take advantage of me. But, uh, but that's my whole focus. I love so, it. so another thing that you talked about early on in your book is prioritizing relationships. And so when I, when I first started listening to that part um, I, I was thinking about early on in my business development career, I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers and I was burning the midnight oil. I would you know do events late at night and I, I, I didn't, I hadn't figured out how to organize my life. I was Ooh. doing emails in the middle of the night and I was at you know, seven 30 in the morning breakfast the next morning. And I, I realized this is not sustainable. And, and so I figured out that there were like four other people in the marketplace that four or five, that if I just got on the phone with them each week and shared, <laughs> shared leads with them, I never had to leave my office. Are those the types of relationships you're talking about or is it different?
1: No, you nailed it. it. It's almost like a lot of people feel like just the more people they keep up with the better. But the problem with that is it doesn't allow any depth for the most important people. So we can tie back to our our Delta fraternity days. If you, if you won, if you were a top 10 chapter in the country, there was an award called the, the Hugh Shields award. And there was one word on it other than our Greek letters and it was protomoi. And I worked really hard as a, as a, uh, chapter president to win that award when when I was in school, right around the time you were. And that protomoy word is Greek. It means first among equals. It's going to tie back to the relationship idea. So one of the tools in the snowball system is called a protomoy list. Who are your first among equals when it comes to relationships? And what we find in our our practice of now we've trained over 15,000 people, that for most folks... Having eight or 10 relationships that are your A number one relationships that you're gonna make sure you proactively help them at least like once a month. And you're gonna have an outreach to them, you're gonna do something helpful, you're gonna personalize it, you're gonna make it all about them if you focus on eight or 10 relationships for most professionals, that's enough to just blow the doors off their book of business. And it's to your point, it's far superior to go deep with the, the the ones that are going to have the biggest impact, than just try to react to everybody who comes to you. If if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it does. (laughs) Most of my time is I'm in reactive mode. Um, Fortunately, they're all, Good, good. You know, it's I no longer have the five A relationships. I, I've got you know hundreds of them, but it's, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to manage at this stage. So well, it, and to, but to
1: point out something there, that's because you're, you're now achieving at such a high level. And a lot of times when people start out, they think, oh, I should do what Carl does. He, you know, he keeps in touch with all these people, but that's not the place to start. We want to start with eight or 10 really, really great ones um, and people that could really bring a lot of business your way, whether they do business with you now. And then as you do that over time, you start to get to the point where you are now.
0: Yeah, it's it's unpredictable where the next big client's going to come from. I I found them coming from the strangest of places, right? Places I don't expect them to come from, just because I managed to stay loosely in touch with somebody. I don't. I, I mean, this it. is not. I, this is not. Not these are not people I have lunch with. You know, every month. These are people I, you know, connect. I'm connected with on LinkedIn, and and I may you know wish them good wishes <laughs> when they get a new job or or have a birthday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so so another thing you talk about is target lists. What is the importance of target lists and how does that work?
1: Yeah, the key here is that a lot of professionals don't, uh, I was, gosh, I was just on doing a session last week on this, but a lot of professionals don't get really clear on who they're for, and then that puts them in reactive mode. So if you're a lawyer and you really focused on big pharma companies because you file patents, you're a chemical engineer and a JD and all these other things, well, there's, there's some specific organizations that if you got in there, I could just keep you busy for decades. And having a real defined list, typically three things that define your perfect client um, and writing those down usually takes about 30 minutes. If you read Snowball System, there's a specific process to, to arrive at these three, three things. But you wanna get a really clear list of the determinants or the sort of the things that correlate to your perfect clientele. Once you know that, you can steer everything to meet those people. Your LinkedIn updates, your engaging online content, your the speech that you're gonna give at the, the AHLA conference, you know, virtually or whatever. But once you're clear on who you're for, then you can get clear on what content you create and for whom and how do you get in in front of the right people and then everything's aligned. And what a lot of professionals do is almost the opposite. They mm-hmm. just do stuff and hope that the right people will see them. But the problem with that is that people who see it might be more, they might view your work more as a commodity. It's not the meaty stuff you really want to do. And a lot of times there's a lot of effort without a lot of return.
0: All right, so up till now, we've been kind of down in the weeds with, with how this stuff works. And, and that's great for per, the person who's out in the marketplace already and, and doing it. But I mentioned to you before we got on the on the recording there are some students that listen to this podcast, uh, college yep. students, even high school students. And yep. what would you, besides reading your book and listening to your podcast and maybe taking one of your courses, what are some things they could be doing to prepare themselves to be able to do what you've done?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give a little free thing that people can do. It's even cheaper than the book because it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> and it's a, there's a <clears throat> free course we've got called bdhabits.com. So if people go to B, B for business and D for development, so bdhabits.com, if people go there, whether a student, uh, a high stakes litigator, anybody in between, there's a little series of videos that accompany that that course. And it, it takes a couple hours to go through the content. It's got free worksheets. It's got me giving the, the how-to, the focus on this, avoid that kind of pro level tips. And to your point, Carl, somebody that's a student they they don't have a lot of cash, you know, they're drink they're eating ramen noodles every night. They can go out to that bdhabits.com course and it is really phenomenal. We packed a lot of value into it and they would be able to get a really good way to start focusing on the things that they wanna accomplish. Let's call those opportunities. They get really clear on who their protomoy list is, who are the relationships that, that they really wanna invest in. And then the, the major part of it is then lining the habits behind that. So you're always focused on proactively building the life you want. And those kind of things are every bit as true for somebody that's a junior in college as they are for a high stakes senior partner litigator that's trying to build his or her book of business.
0: Well, thanks, Mo. That's a great takeaway. And I thank you for joining me today on Rainmakers. It's Mo Bunnell, uh, CEO of the Bunnell Idea Group and author of The Snowball System. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Carl. You have been listening to Rainmakers with Carl Grant.